0: Free my mind, open my heart with the whispers of truth to live a conscious life, to live a conscious life on the Growing Edge. On the growing edge. And
1: now, here's Ali. Hello and welcome to Growing Edge Live. I'm Dr. Ali Benjamin, and it is my great joy to be here today. Welcome, whether you're here for the first time or you're back and you join us every week. I'm so glad that you're here. Here at Growing Edge Live, we are all about inspiring minds, healing hearts, transforming lives, and evolving consciousness. And we do that by having these deep, wonderful con- conversations with soul-centered individuals that are channeling their time, talent, energy, resources, love, creativity, their joy into doing good work in the world. And so every week we come on and we dive into the life of someone that is truly leaving a soul print on the planet and touching a lot of hearts so welcome I'm so glad you're here and thank you to New Thought Media Network for making this possible and the Satya Center for sponsoring this at the beginning of of the show we love to take a question from our viewers and today in the Ask Ali segment I have a question from James and James says I find myself caught up in my mind Thinking, analyzing, planning, overcoming objectives, speculating, and the like. I have a lot of great ideas, but have trouble putting them into action. I seem to spend a lot of time spinning ideas around in my mind. Any tips? Well, James, I can absolutely relate. I can do the same thing. I have a lot of ideas and a lot of plans and can get really caught up in the habit of overthinking. I think many of us are challenged with this and our culture really emphasizes the mind and thought and thinking. And we know, once we raise our hand and jump on the, the mindfulness path or the spiritual path, that we're more than just a mind. We're, we're actually a spiritual being having this very human experience in a body that has a mind and so as we begin to develop a practice of mindfulness paying attention to what's going on in the world and just not being so connected to the thoughts and the emotions that are associated with our experiences but but knowing that they're there we begin to sort of loosen loosen our our tendency to be so focused on on the mind and its interpretation of things, and we begin to gain mastery over the mind, to be able to see the mind as a useful tool to help navigate this amazing human spiritual experience. And so something that I do that has been profoundly helpful is to do what I call three-centered breathing. Now science is showing us that the brain along with the heart and along with the gut has neural cells and so there's intelligence not only in the brain but there's intelligence of the heart and there's intelligence of the gut and so the head is associated with thinking and processing and um, the heart is associated with feelings and emotions and knowing what we love and what we don't. And then the body, the gut, is associated with instincts, urges to to do certain things or not. There's a great intelligence and intuition that lives within the body that we primarily tap into through this, this gut center. And, and so when you find yourself spinning and overanalyzing and um, overthinking, planning, overcoming objectives, speculating, and the like, it's time to just stop. And if you can, I like to think of the word stop as, as meaning surrender to one presence, S-T-O-P. Simply stop, surrender to one presence, that's the one life, the one power, the one infinite organizing intelligence. And in just a minute or two, you can do this simple exercise of breathing, using breath work to bring your breath down into the heart, into the mind, first of all, and start to notice that you have a local mind, that you're doing all the thinking and the processing. That's why all of that's going on. But then if you Pause for a minute and think, there's the omniscience, there's the infinite realm of possibilities and potentialities that exist beyond my local mind. And this non-local mind, you might say, has a greater um, expanded sense of what's possible and so as we do this breath and we come down into the mind and then expand from the local to the non-local, there's sort of a relaxing. It's like, oh, I, I'm you know, not as attached to all of these little thoughts that are going on in here. I'm, I'm relaxed more in the greater fields, the quantum field of thoughts, of energy and information. And then bringing the breath down into the heart center, there's the local heart, then there's the expanded heart the local heart is about how you're feeling what emotions you're experiencing the ideas and things that that you have in your heart that you want to do or be and then there's the the greater heart that's unconditional loving acceptance and so there's a there's a blending and emerging that occurs when we bring the breath into the heart and then the the greater heart, the deeper heart of the universe, the heart of God. And then we bring the breath down into the body, into the belly, into the gut. And when we can feel our physical, local presence, but we can also, as we expand it out into the omnipresence, we feel the oneness that that we can experience when we open up. And feel ourselves connected to the one, the one life, the one presence, the one power that is existing right here and now that we're a part of. And so, omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence, and we start to do these, this breathing through the the mind and the heart and the body, and we begin to see that we're not just this this thinking analytical mind that we actually have other intelligence that we can tap into that's available to us. The intelligence of the heart. What would love do in this situation? The intelligence of the gut or the belly. What am I here to be? How am I here to to, to act, to serve, to evolve? What am I feeling? What urges, what instincts can I tap into? There's greater intelligence And the mind, when it's in coherence with the heart and the gut, then you have some wisdom. Then you're operating on all three intelligent cylinders and you have greater discernment. There's greater ease and flow. There's a sense that you're in the zone. And this is being in your authentic power and having access to more than just that, that head center. You've got the heart center. And the body center, and this is all in coherence and in alignment and offering you a greater resource to be able to navigate your life, to actually think up ideas, to establish goals, to establish the reason and the meaning behind why you're doing what you're doing and why, who you're being. And, and you start to give some heart to that. And then you start to embody it, bring it down into the the earthly realm of of action, of doing. And you start to see that you are a three-centered being that is here to navigate this earthly realm in a very conscious, alive way. This is quantum conscious co-creating at its finest. And you and me and all of us have the ability to bring online this the these three senses of intelligence, so making plans, achieving goals, getting things done, going to work and doing a good job, having easy relationships, and all the things that we we seem to fill our lives with, they are enhanced when we show up as grounded beings that have this ease and flow, because we're in coherence. Our brain is now in tune with with our purpose, with our love, with our emotions, and then backed up by all the actions we, we take in the world. Because really, when we're awake to who we really are and what we really are, we realize that we have the ability to be the hands of God serving, the heart of God loving, and the mind of God thinking. And so, James, I hope that's been helpful for you to realize that, yes, we get in the habit of, of over-identifying with the mind and all its ideas and thoughts, but we're so much more than that. Our spirit, our soul is seeking to be expressed And it can do so so much more vibrantly when we have all three intelligence centers active on the go and in the flow. So thank you. And if any of you watching have a question that you would like us to address here on on Growing Edge Live, you can send us an email at growingedgelive at gmail.com. And we would love to bring your question into the forum here at Growing Edge Live. So now we move over to the most delightful section of our, our show here. And it's my conversation with a soul-centered individual. And this person, Charles Geddes, has been in my heart for so long. I, I, I'm imagining probably even before this lifetime but that's, that's for another show. So Reverend Charles is a new thought leader, a spiritual trailblazer. Reverend Charles' ministry has spanned over 50 years. His wisdom and love have inspired and supported countless individuals. He has served as, at many CSL centers around the U.S. He is one of the founders of the oldest ongoing metaphysical retreat in the world, and that's the Big Sky Retreat which is in its 48th year. And now he leads Mind Your Own Becoming, which is a nonprofit organization, which he founded in 2021. And Mind Your Own Becoming is a collective vision that there is no others. And we are all part of this healing journey together. So we're going to find out more about Charles um, and more about mind your own becoming and all the other things in just a minute. So let's not wait any longer because my Charles, my friend Charles, along with his friend Gus, there on on his shoulder. And for those of you that are listening to the podcast, there's this most adorable little doggy friend, his companion there. And so Charles and Gus, welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, and Gus is coming over. <laughs> so, Here he comes. So, yeah, somebody <laughs> called my name.
1: <laughs> oh no, I've disturbed him from his morning nap.
0: Yeah, let's see. There oh, he is.
1: <laughs> there he is.
0: Thank uh, you. Uh, oh, beloved Ali, thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: you know, I loved your response to James, um, and something that I've and I totally support everything that you reflected upon and the simplicity and purity of getting out of the overwhelm that we can create within our minds. And what I've come to realize for me um, is that it's about being not doing. And when I understand that then it's much easier for the path of what I need to do to be revealed. But I need to approach it from what's mine to be, what's mine to experience, what's mine to feel. And everything that you led James to reflect upon from the mind to the heart to the gut, oh yes. And it is about opening to a spaciousness of purposefulness and being that comes when you empty your mind of everything so you can open to receive what is yours to be that's the inquiry and out of that we are led and not always with great clarity about how because it's not ours to know how it's ours to trust the way will be revealed when we're clear on what we want to be and that's been my soul journey yeah,
1: well, I want to hear about that because, yeah. you know, as you're sharing, you really are a trailblazer for for so many of us because you've been on the stage, you've been behind the pulpit, you've been at the boardroom tables, you've, you've been in so many branches and organizations and supported so many people in, you know, their practitioner, their religious science or science of mind practitioner journeys and um, education. I mean, you're just such a, a bright light for so many of us. And I know that because you and I have worked together for many years um, on the the board of directors for the Big Sky Retreat and, um, and we're together in the affiliated New Thought Network as members of that. And so, you know, I know you and I know your journey and it's... I've just had the blessing of been being able to be in the room and hear you bring amazing ideas um, together to help us to, to sort of stay on our path to mind our own becoming. Um, so I'm so thrilled to have you on the show so you can you know meet some some of our guests can meet you and maybe for the first time. So where did it all start for you? What's you know the growing edge? And that's the name of the show. And we, like I like to think of the growing edge as sort of this this now moment. We're on the very leading edge of our own becoming, and we've all had an incredible evolutionary journey throughout our lives. And and your life has spanned many decades now. Yeah. And so how where did it start? Like wh- when did you first get this idea that there was you know, you had a calling of of something more. Were you a, an inquisitive child? Did you, were you really religious? Like, how did it all start?
0: I've been working on, for my own healing journey and clearing, of remembrance of how it all started. And um, I actually had an experience in, in the, my mother's womb of feeling and sensing what was on the outside and not really wanting to come through. And it was not an easy journey, evidently, from my mother's reflection of how hard it was and that I, she and I almost didn't make it. But what I realized, and from the earliest memories I have, is that I, I did know that I came from beyond, that, that there was something beyond my dreams as an early youth and, and child uh, were of cataclysmic events. And, and I know that was remembrance. That was remembrance from previous journeys and lives. So I was born with remembrance and in a manner and way not that not everyone has. And so that led me to creating what I thought maybe were imaginary friends, but maybe not. That, that I've always sensed the angelic realm and uh, sensed it from an energy field. So I could say that everything that I came in with gave me a connection that was beyond this place of earth. And uh, this place of earth for me, in many ways was not an easy do. I don't think it's an easy do for anybody. (laughs) I think it's overwhelming because it's so conflicting to what we feel in our hearts and that there's no others. And yet we're from early on, we learn separation. We learn divisiveness. We learn otherness in the context of there are those that are entitled, that are those that are, uh, you, you know, have, ha, ha, are, are, are born with um, certain, <laughs> like in the white <laughs> supremacy that, hey, you know, oh, my God, the lies that we are brought up with. So to zero in on your question, I know that I was gifted with being able to realize that there was something beyond and more. And um, I really got spent, quote, out of church by when I was going and coming out feeling worse than I went in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that something's wrong with this picture. Uh, And in my early life, too, I had the privilege of, being a part of raising my four nieces, and helping with my sister with that when she divorced her, her first husband. And uh, the gift of that was incredible. But just this purity of, of your question that I've always known, I was born as we all are in the galaxies. And this is the illusion to be born here we didn't begin here mm-hmm. and um and then coming into the teaching of new thought of science of mind and realizing wow this makes sense this i remember and reading early on in in my teen years uh there is a river by thomas Sugru, which is the reflection the life of of uh, edgar casey Mm -hmm. and uh reading that book it was like oh okay yeah this is it i i remember i do know this so i've had that gift of, of remembrance but wow i've also had the pain of not honoring that remembrance and getting entrapped in the belief of duality and that i was something abhorrent and terrible because I was conflicted sexually through my whole life of, of being born into a male body and feeling female. And, and back uh, 82 years ago, <laughs> that was pretty horrible. And yeah. so uh, all I can tell you is that my whole journey is about remembering there are no others. There's just us. And only when we finally get that, can we be about being what we're supposed to be here for, for one another.
1: Yeah. Gosh, Charles, your journey has been such a, a rich one. And I've had the, the blessing of hearing you share your story in public and seeing um, the response from your, the people in the room. You really have a way of connecting people. And you're so open, you're so vulnerable, you wear your heart on your sleeve, and there's something so healing about that. You know, you can, I've done it hundreds of times, walk into the room and look for Charles, and there he is. And he's, you know, got a a group of people around him because he, it's almost like, um, in a positive sense, a moth to a flame. People are interested in getting a bit of your light. And so, um, you know, I've heard you share that you, you know, you, you, you speak so, you know, thinking about your early journey and, and feeling so unlovable or unloved or whatever that was. I don't want to put too many words in your in, in, into your story, but, you know, how did you cope with that? How did you, how, how were you a little one with all these feelings of, of you know, the opposite of self-love? You know, how, what was it that, that helped that, that mended it, that kept you going?
0: The innate reality of the child within me and that that child was born to be curious, that child was born to be in an adventure in this journey in life, and that it was meant to be predominantly fun and and I love laughter. I think laughter is so healing, for for all of us, and uh, and and just feeling that whatever I was doing, I didn't understand doing and being as clearly as I do now, but that whatever I was doing, uh, that it could be about blessing for others. And you know, there's a I'll paraphrase a statement in the science of mind text that Ernest Holmes said that if your desire is one that is pure in the context of, that it is a blessing to everyone that you will come upon, then that is truly what you measure it by and and go for. And I've shared that I went into the ministry for all the wrong reasons, (laughs) because I thought that if I did enough good, that if I served enough in such an arena, that I could overcome that inherent darkness and abhorrence that I felt eating away at my soul of being born on the wrong planet. And and I have gained, thank you, that I wasn't born on the wrong planet. <laughs> This was predestined to be and that to come to a place now at 82, that for the clearest awareness of myself that I've ever held, that I'm only here for the purpose of loving and above all, that begins with Charles and honoring and loving him. And that's where, you know, Mind Your Own Becoming is born from, but it was really born out of 2020 and the cataclysmic reality of change on our planet. Black Lives Matter and realizing all that we haven't known historically and have been in ignorance of and that we can no longer be because we're here to know the truth that sets us free. And that truth is we all belong without exception. And can we learn from each other and can we be accountable for past generations for the horrors that that have been created and brought upon this planet doesn't mean that i feel guilt and shame in regards to this present life but it means that i'm accountable in this present life to see that future generations don't carry the same ignorance beautiful yeah. Wonderful.
1: <laughs> well, we're going to go to a short break and then we're going to come back and have a bigger conversation with, and he gets all blushed and, and flustered when I, I refer to him as this, but my friend, the living luminary, Charles is.
0: <laughs> oh, God! I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> all right. Free my mind. Open my
1: heart with the whispers of truth.
0: To live a conscious life, to live a conscious life. On the growing edge. On the growing
1: edge. And now, here's Ali. And we're back. Charles, you've been in ministry in... Science of mind, um, sharing universal spiritual principles and practices, teaching metaphysics and self-empowerment for f- over 50 years. And um, I'm wondering what's your view? What you know, at the here at the edge, the growing edge, what's going on with with spirituality and churches and brick and mortar within the New Thought um world? Do you where do you sit with it? Because I know we're going to have a deeper conversation about your ministry now, mind your own becoming, but I want to give you an opportunity to help us leaders, um, people that are listening that may be uh, used to, or still do have a pulpit ministry or those among us that are listening that maybe attend a spiritual center or, Those of us that have found inspiration through reading books or getting their inspiration online, you know, there's been so much conversation about, you know, do churches really work anymore? And um, how do people, you know, connect and have community and that feeling that we get when we meet in person? But yet there's so many churches that are failing and, you know, um, organizations that are shifting and changing so what's your thought about churches and spirituality these days
0: wow that's an immense question
1: and you've got two minutes no i'm oh, just teasing.
0: <laughs> yeah no i'm fine with two minutes <laughs> uh, the whole reality is change and and that particularly in regards for me in the arena of new thought that the approach has to be different in the connection that we make to our community and that we are more relevant than ever into what we seek to bring to that community and offer community services. Uh, I get to speak at the Helena Center for Conscious Living at least once a month here in Helena, Montana. and i I love this center, even though it's a small uh, center uh, church, but they stay really active in giving to the community and are known for that uh, in 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 serving uh, food service and benefits to uh, so more than one entity. And um, the in actuality, they haven't had a uh, defined uh, spiritual leader for a significant time. But they bring, and we have, uh, powerful, wonderful sharers and speakers every week. So I think that and it's it's available by Zoom and attendance. But I think New Thought centers uh, remaining in the same historic way of doing church as it was It can't be done that way anymore. So there has to be new creativity as how you are involved in the community. And it it will look very different uh, than what's been before. Um, So all I can say is giving great encouragement to everyone that's still in a traditional pulpit ministry to really explore and do everything you can to be tapping in to the younger generations and what they need so that you can open and have the courage to address that. And um, so I just think it has to look different. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, and definitely Mind Your Own Becoming is not a center or a church. It is a completely different reality of a nonprofit. And, I don't define it as a ministry per se, because it's a forum for people to come together to have the kind of dialogue, but we have universal principles behind it that are very (laughs) new thought in the context of they're very simple and pure. But um, I just think we have to have the courage to change and see things in a whole new light and for me, that's what Mind Your Own Becoming is. It's a whole new way of doing what's in my heart to do and grow. You know, I have to grow in my work, in my ministry. I have to stretch my mind to, quote, new thought, <laughs> to, to new approach, to new ways. And wow, Mind Your Own Becoming has stretched me beyond anything i've ever imagined and at times it's it's a bit scary yeah but-
1: well i remember when you um you were in fort lauderdale and you were at bridges your center mm-hmm. there and you were starting to share with me and others that you know you, there was you had a calling to the mountains and so mm-hmm. you know what can you tell us a little bit about like how you said goodbye to a center that you founded um what was that like you know a work that you brought into reality that that people came to and loved and enjoyed and and experienced great teachings and healings and then you handed that off and then you moved you know and I know that you're very young at heart but to to make a big move at at your age across the country from the sunshine and the beaches and the spiritual community and the, the comfort of all that, to make a trek into the unknown, pretty much. Although you were raised in Colorado in the mountains, you had lived primarily on the West Coast and the East Coast in very different living environment than the mountains. So to go to the mountains in your 80s (laughs) <laughs> and start afresh. So I know I'm I'm rambling on a bit about your journey, but so what was that like for you back in Fort Lauderdale at Bridges? You having this this, this calling. What was that? Was it knock at the door, a dream? Like mm-hmm. what was it that stirred your heart to, to 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 retire from your ministry?
0: It was in 2019 at the Big Sky Retreat. And uh, I was sitting by this beautiful lake at the entrance that you come into. It's a man-made lake, but it's beautiful. And um, um, I was realizing how profoundly moved I was, just feeling the energy there. There was family playing with their dog. And it was like, wow, I cherish the mountains and i went back and sat on a hillside beautiful green hillside and i suddenly felt the presence of energy and angels around me and it was charles what do you want i want to live the rest of my life here in the mountains I want to complete this journey here, okay? But I can't. And for years, I had all the factors of why I couldn't. Charles, do you realize your age? Charles, you have no substantial income to back you. Charles, you, you don't have anything to go to. And the imprint from the angels was none of that matters. Remember early on in the advice you gave, James? It was, what do you want as a pure intent? What do you want? I want to surrender and lead the rest of my life where my soul is nurtured geographically, where it's fed, where I'm home. Mm-hmm. And so I went back to Florida. With a clarity, I'm moving. Mm-hmm. Well, it took two years because 2020 hit. Mm -hmm. and i had no idea what i was how it was going to happen but always that energy field from the angels would say you don't need to know we know and we'll reveal what you're to do as it's clear as it unfolds you'll know we will reveal it to you that's exactly what happened every step of the way and every move i've had throughout my life there's one thing that's essential that we have the courage to let go of everything as it's been and and i did that with my first church 11 years in tucson left it with a thousand dollars in my pocket not knowing what i was going to i spent time in california on staff with my beloved cherished sister dr elizabeth marshall in inglewood that had the montebello center And then let go of everything as I knew it to go to Florida. Everything. And I've always done that because to me, that's what a calling requires. That it's not that you have everything set structurally how to do it, but that you trust. This is intended for you to be in a new state of being for you. And so that's how I came to Florida. I, I let it all go. And I packed what I could in my car and <laughs> drove cross-country on my own, except I had my friend, Reverend Kent Barnard, who came to Houston with me. And, but from that point, I was pretty much on my own and came here. And I had been working with the Helena Center in their journey of leadership in Zoom. So I had friends here in Helena, and I thought I was going to go to Bozeman, but it turned out I wound up here in Clancy, Montana, about nine <laughs> miles out of Helena. And when I first drove up here, Deb, who's the owner of the property, beautiful, beautiful lady, you know Deb, and uh, she said, "Well, you know, you I have a downstairs." uh one bedroom that um you could stay till you find a place in Helena because I wanted I thought I want a two-bedroom I wound up here on the property and my breath was taken away it's like oh god this is beautiful here and uh I saw this basement apartment and that afternoon I was looking at it and I thought wow I think I could fix this to be a home because it, it was next to nothing in it. <laughs> <laughs> but that afternoon, I had this overwhelming feeling of, "Golly, I wonder." And I was told, "Angel energy again." And the angel said, "Charles, go down by the stream. There's a stream that wraps around there. I go down by the stream. and it's gorgeous and the message we've, we've led you here, Charles. This is home. Mm. This is home. Yeah. And it'll soon be three years I've been here.
1: Wow. Three years and you're home. You've got Deb and Gus and all your friends Mm. in the center. I think Mm. there's a horse on property, correct? Yes. Yeah. And so in this beautiful place of home and I saw this coming into reality at the Big Sky Retreat. This mind-your-own-becoming got stirred up. Uh This idea of, you know, equality and acceptance and all-inclusivity and a healing path, the forum has has blossomed. And I'd love you to share about mind-your-own-becoming. You know, what exactly is it? How do people... Find out about it, participate with it.
0: Thank you. Is it
1: virtual? Is it in person? Like what? Tell us about what it is.
0: Okay. I so appreciate it. And I want to read uh, this segment from the website. Um, And the website is really, um, it's uh, just M Y O B, and you spell the word incorporated out.org. M-Y-O-B incorporated.org. And but I wanna read this because this really zeros in on the heart of what it's about. Mind your own becoming is about soul growth. And that only occurs when we've had enough of what we see around us. The greatest changes historically have been when as a society, we can no longer process the pain and inequities we see. When we are open to confront no matter how uncomfortable, our own inherent racism and entitlements based on a sense of superiority, gender, or ethnic prejudices, and be accountable for the thoughts we carry, healing and new understanding can emerge. We can authentically begin to bring about a world vision of love and regard for everyone without exception. Mm -hmm. that's the heart of it and everything that we do it's on thursday nights it's an hour zoom program 7 p.m eastern time but we have and are developing more enrichment than ever in the speakers that we present and the things we have Um, our, our theme for february is the path to transcendental love in our world the path to transcendental. In other words, coming to that realization, there are no others. And that generationally, this is the message that we must teach. No matter how we're coming through, there's no one greater, better than anyone other than we're all in this journey together. And we're all here for equity and purpose. Equity doesn't mean In regards to that, everyone is going to have the same journey because we're all different. It means you have the opportunity, that there's equal opportunity for all without exception. And then what we do with it is our own journey. And then in gosh, in March we're on generational forgiveness. How about that one? And then and then in uh April and May, we're dealing on the subject of grief and loss on multiple dimensions and how we can cope with that and learn from that. And uh, so we have pertinent topics, but we, we have speakers that come from all different points. We've have, had from indigenous and, and black, brown, uh, we've had Asian, we're, we're LGBTQ, <laughs> it, it's all of us. Can we listen? Can we listen to one another and out of that M Y O B, get busy, mind your own becoming. And that inner work you do on your soul is what will lead you to what you need to be more purposefully in the world itself.
1: Yeah, that's just fabulous. And I'm sure it gives you a lot of joy and energy to to be working. I'm sure it's not just you, you've got that that you work with. Tell me a little bit about the infrastructure. Like, who's behind Mind Your Own Becoming, and and how did that all come together?
0: You know, I believe in divine connections, and that when we when we have a pure intent that's birthing within us, that we also trust that we will have divine connections that will be revealed divinely and sequentially. And that's been true for my whole life. And you know, the referencing way back. Uh, 48 years ago to the beginnings of what is now called the Big Sky Retreat. Back then, the very first one was uh, a, um, a simple gathering of the New Thought community to come together in a unique way, and out of it developed the Grand Teton Retreat that existed for 20 years there at the Grand Teton Lodge. And, uh, but that, and my first appearance there, a real zeroing in very quickly, I became and had a sacred friendship with the actress Anne Francis. And uh, it was so precious to me. And she was speaking at the retreat, at the first retreat. And I decided to go because of her. (laughs) <laughs> and I went, and she wasn't able to fulfill her commitment because she had a filming engagement. She had to cut it short. And she asked that I speak at that retreat. Oh, wow. Well, I did. And just shortly after the president, well, not it wasn't the president at that point, but Reverend Al Heard, uh, who called me, he was the, the, the first president of the retreat, and he said, Charles, we want to create this as a board. And would you be on the board of this founding board of this retreat 48 years later i'm still on the board (laughs) but i want to reference divine connections yes when you have a pure intent that they will appear and they will appear divinely and sequentially and i have some someone new that's come on board to the programming for the big sky retreat that is a, a professor with antioch and has traveled all over the world 30 different countries she's amazing her name is dr 18 george she's introducing me to so many new people uh it's and, and,
1: and this is on mind your own becoming right this
0: is on mind your own becoming yep. and uh, um and i have a wonderful board um and uh reverend stana kanez uh, and 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 marchetti and um uh Lemuel Watson, who's also a professor teacher, so many magnificent people that feel your heart and align to it. And, you know, I we're we're by divine connection.
1: Exactly. So, you know, these divine connections and, you know, as you're sharing this with us, I'm sure we're all kind of looking back over our own lives to see, oh, yeah, there's been this this trail of breadcrumbs, these divine connections that I've made, these people that have yeah. have supported me upon my evolutionary healing journey. So I'm sure within your, the content of your show or your gathering each week that you've had speakers that maybe you weren't so familiar with, people from all oh. walks of life. Um, and I'm sure that can be a little you know, mind stretching or, you know, challenging at points, because you, you're talking about some topics that can be a little bit challenging to some some egos, or some paradigms or belief systems. Yeah. So what are some of the things that that have caused you to stretch a bit through hearing from from voices from such a diverse, um, you know, group of people?
0: having the willingness to be open to listen and stepping out of my own opinions and views so that maybe in that process of that willingness to have a spaciousness in my heart to hear something different or new that i might understand more clearly where someone else is coming from and also to recognize that historically our view of history has been very much a mess, because <laughs> there, there, there's so many things that we've been told that are untrue, and the willingness to see that, to own that, to realize that, and, and, uh, um, and that everyone has a different perspective, that it's not universally the same for all, it's not possible to be. Mm-hmm. So just the beauty and the willingness to open to that alone is mind stretching and heart opening because I'm willing to let go of pre-judgment and that even means in the regards to our politics today that that um, I'm, I'm clear on what I stand for what I believe in but I also want to understand what what creates or, move someone into uh, where I feel is completely opposite to something that that makes sense to me. But what what's behind that? If I can understand what's behind that, then perhaps I can have a better compassion and not agreement per se, but an openness to understand and work from that place. Oh, the whole journey here is that Hate will beget hate will beget hate. Love will beget love will beget love. And if we have enough of that begetting, we can begin to see hate dissolving, weakening, disappearing to where we can build the bridges from heart to heart to heart.
1: Beautiful. What surprised you in In this journey with mind your own becoming and the guests that you've had on, has has there been uh, a couple of surprises that you can share, you know, as people have opened up and had dialogues and shared their stories?
0: How much I haven't known? <sighs> how much I haven't known, And how much that we all, Assume or presume about someone or another race or body of people that's completely untrue, and the willingness to see that, and, and how it changes your own perception of yourself. And, and um, you know, I'm more at peace with Charles now than ever. And that doesn't mean I've arrived, Um, you know, uh, Dr. A.T. George recently shared, and I I, I loved it. She said, you know, I I don't believe that it's about the the journey, not the destination. You know how we hear about it's not the destination, it's the journey. (laughs) And she said, I don't believe that. She said it is the destination. It's the remembrance of our source. Mm. That's the destination. Mm-hmm. And that that moved me profoundly. It's like, okay, all my journeys. Oh, wake up, Charles. It is about the destination. Yeah. <laughs> and what
1: is that destination? How it because we we're about to close and I'd okay. I'd love it to end with yeah. this one or two
0: thoughts about the destination. I love it. That destination to me is the remembrance of my source from which I came. It's the remembrance that I was born into that, uh, that in that boom when I shared it originally at the beginning, it's like, oh God, what am I coming into? But what I was coming into was my charge, my purpose to bring the unconditional love, the purposefulness of living, the purposefulness of loving everyone without exception that's the destination that's the remembrance to bring to this planet that got entrapped in duality that got entrapped in separation that i can remember from whence i came that we're all stardust that we're all from the galaxies and we're in this together to bring a heaven an expansion of consciousness on planet earth for love for all without exception yes
1: <laughs> so it is. Oh my Can
0: gosh. Can I share, Gus? Gus, come here. Come here. Oh, here we go.
1: We didn't say goodbye to Gus. Well, thank you, Charles. Thank you, Gus, for joining us. <laughs> thank you for sharing your beautiful ministry, mind your own becoming, and your life. It's been just such a pleasure. And thank you, guests, for watching. Thank you to New Thought Media Network and our producer, Michael. And next week, you can't miss it. I have a beautiful guest, Bill Soroka, and he's going he's an author, entrepreneur, and he'll be with us. So thank you again. Bye-bye, peace and blessings. Bye guys. Bye, Charles. <laughs> Free my mind, open
0: my heart with the whispers of truth. To live a conscious life, to live a conscious life on the growing edge.